All right. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Gym Life Podcast. Fit Jack and Stacked. One show to rule them all. Or one show to join the rest of all these great podcasts out there to give you guys more content on all the great lifting shit that we love to do, including powerlifting, strongman, Highland Games, CrossFit, a little bit of bodybuilding, um, and of course, anything else that we can think of in our gym lives, uh, whether we're gym guys or gym gals kind of thing. And I'll try to add a little bit to that, to the building blocks of this show every week. As many of you know, I'm a bit more uh, strongman centrist when it comes to this show. Uh, but I add things on the kind of the peripheral of it and building blocks, that is, to make this show a little bit broader. Uh, but I kind of all tie it back to kind of strength and strength sports. Uh, but I'm just a gym guy at heart. Always will be. Not much competing these days, a lot of rehabbing. So I'm like everybody else right now, banging it out in the gym and just trying to stay in shape, look good, and, you know, get stronger if I can. And, you know, all the other things that come along with uh, being a part of this culture, I'm immersed in it, as you guys know. Uh, I love it. And if my strongman days are over, I'll go to Highland Games forever. And then when those days are over, I'm just going to go to some old guy trying to look decent to hang with all you young guys. And eventually I'll find myself in the grave, but I'll never stop doing this shit. I can assure you that ever, ever, never. Uh, so welcome to the show, guys. Um, today's show, of course, we're talking U64s, uh, the ranking system. We talked about that last week. We're going to add on to that a little bit this week. Some more Highland Games. That really resonated with a lot of you guys out there. Uh, a lot of you are doing it, and I love it, man. I was getting a lot of comments from a lot of guys doing Highland Games. A lot of you guys are DMing me. A lot of you guys are interested in it, and you guys are DMing me some questions as well, which I'll try to answer. I'm no expert, but I'll give you my, I guess, my my take on it, which is probably better than an expert, honestly, because I'm a newer guy in the sport as well, at least my comeback. It's been a long time since I participated. Last year was the first in many years. Um, we're going to talk about some athletes in the strength sports, in bodybuilding, uh, in powerlifting. Uh, and of course we'll talk about all these great competitions, some other gym shit. And as many of you guys know, I don't really do this show with much notes at all. I got literally one little page of like just sort of bullet points that I just try to follow. And I want this to be more, more organic, you know, as I'm thinking about things just to kind of bring them up without rambling on too much. Um, and a lot of that just kind of comes through some of these conversations and a lot of these little notes that I write down, I, I don't really even get to. I just kind of have them there in case I need a reference point. However, I will say this, because many of you break my balls for it constantly. Getting my stats right, I know it, right? Sometimes I try to remember this shit, and I can't remember it. And you guys will beat me up. Oh, I'm two pounds off on a world record, this or that. So I try to write down some of that information that's pertinent to maybe the conversations and certainly trying to enunciate all your names properly. Uh, I've got a history of just butchering last names. Maybe because I got PTSD from people butchering mine for my entire life, and I just can't seem to get out anybody's name uh, any better than they ever got mine out. But I'm trying to get that better as well. But uh, before we get started, uh, I just want to make sure that uh, all you guys out there are are liking, subscribing, sharing, and commenting. Uh, matter of fact, I don't even care if you like, subscribe, or share. I don't. You're never going to hear that from anybody else doing this shit but me, I assure you that. Uh, I just want your comments. Uh, I love that interaction. It just it just validates this show for me, and it keeps me interactive with you guys. Uh, like I said, my listeners are between all platforms are around a thousand uh, every episode or so, and uh, I love it, man. And and uh, I, if there was only a hundred and all you guys were talking to me, I'd love that too. Uh, it's just simply because a lot of what I say and do on this show uh, is really feedback from you guys. You guys are the template leading into the next show uh, because you help add the building blocks onto this show. Um, and I love that because this show really is an evolution of itself every week. We're not starting with a new topic, a fresh topic or this or that. We're just continuing to build on the conversation week after week after week. And if you go back and listen to old episodes, if you're just joining me for the first time, you'll find that out. We talk about things and we evolve these conversations. Then we'll add little things in and we'll add new pieces of the conversation that kind of take off and create their own life a little bit too. Uh, certainly with these shows and these athletes and uh, you'll get familiar with those names because I'll repeat a lot of the good ones I'll repeat the ones that resonate with me the ones that are doing a great job promoting themselves a great job on social media and sharing a great job giving me some feedback and uh, certainly make us uh, all kind of look in their direction so uh, it's to no surprise I'll say Tyler Davis many times and that's number one today uh, because he does a great job in all those categories as do many of these athletes out there and they need to be recognized for that because these are the faces and the names of our sports 
Uh, and I want to make sure that those are things that I always talk about here on the show uh, because first and foremost, it's about growing all of our sports. And I know, again, I'm strongman centrist here. I understand that. But I'm also going to talk about a lot of other great athletes and a lot of other great sports that deserve that recognition as well. Maybe not as often, but there's a reason I do that uh, because it's just not some random name. Uh, they're names that are working hard and they deserve the attention. And our sports deserve uh, to give them that attention so they can resonate with the general public because those are going to be the future faces of our sports. And if they're not already, of course. Uh, but in any case, uh, that's rambling on. That's I'm good at that, too, for those of you who are just joining me. I'm great at rambling on. Fuck, you get me down a, on a tangent, down some rabbit hole. Fuck, I could talk for 20, 30 minutes, lose my track on the entire show, and then I have to try to find my way back. Ah, kind of like right now. Um, no, not really. I'm kind of on pace here. So, uh, yeah, uh, we're right before Memorial Day weekend. Drink of water here. I dry out quick, too. So we're right before Memorial Day weekend here. And uh, as I look at Memorial Day weekend, I say, okay, what does that mean to all of us? In the strength community, in the lifting community, well, there's a lot of good reasons to like Memorial Day weekend. Uh, one, it's the uh, kind of the, the the gateway to the summer for us in the Midwest, Midwest, North, Northeast, you know, on the East Coast, and that's largely because we are hidden under this cloud of cold for about six or seven months a year, and we have this four or five month window where we truly enjoy all these sports outside, Highland Games, Strongman in particular, CrossFit, a lot of these Spartan races, things like that, where we don't have the luxury to do it year round like a lot of, you know, most of you do in the south part of the country. Uh, so that's one thing. It's a gateway to the summer. Uh, another thing is, for many of us, it's kind of like, uh, you know, that sort of the diet's over or it's, it's pretty close. I mean, whatever work that you wanted to do in the wintertime to get yourself ready to look good in the gym, uh, it's pretty much over with this weekend, guys. I got news for you. For a lot of you guys that started on these diets uh, or these transformation journeys uh, that started like in early April or late March, uh, you fucked yourselves again. Again, let me remind you, because most of us have a history of doing it, including myself. Yes, that's right. I'm not quite there. And what happens on Memorial Day weekend isn't that sort of one cheat meal. You know exactly what's going to happen. Most of you out there are going to grab the beers on Friday and say, okay, this is it. I'm going to have just a nice, clean weekend after this. I'll hit the gym. And then you'll go Saturday and somebody will invite you to the party or there's a boat being launched somewhere that says, hey, come and join us for the day. And you'll go, I'll bring my water. I'll be fine. You'll find yourself in the cooler. You'll find yourself eating chips and snacks on the boat. And then you'll say, fuck it. On Sunday and Monday, I'm going to the gym. Well, I got news for you. If you don't have a 24-hour pass at some gym, they're not open. <laughs> so guess what? You're back at it again. Now, some of us, some of us, and I, maybe I'm not even included in this, I say, fuck it. I'm going to drink beer really good on one night, so I'm not going to want to drink it again for at least a couple nights. It takes me that long to recover. And then I'm just going to eat barbecue all weekend. Go keto, baby. That's right. If you've got some good barbecue going on, just give me a bottle of mustard, hot dogs, hamburgers, Fuck, it doesn't matter if it's if it's meat, I'm eating it. That generally keeps me pretty safe. And it keeps me out of the cookies, I'll tell you. Uh, and it certainly keeps me out of the chips and all that other shit. So if I can just keep eating barbecue all weekend, outside of maybe the sauce, I get that, you guys, sugar freaks out there. I'm one of those guys. Uh, but if that's the worst of it for me, I'll deal with it. So if it's just massive calorie consumption via protein, I'll take it every time Memorial Day comes around. So the diets end, right? All these sports start. Uh, and certainly in the Great Lakes community, it's a portal to the summer, man. I mean, there's no better place to be in the United States than on the freshwater coast here in the Great Lakes. Boy, oh, boy, guys, if you haven't been up to Michigan, I was just talking to Panda the other day because she's coming up for the Great Lakes Strongest Man in September, um, which, of course, is in Traverse City, Michigan, which is the, one of the most beautiful places in the entire United States. Um, I'm excited for her to see what's going on up here because, once again, those of us from this state are always telling you guys this. There's nothing like Michigan when it comes to the summertime. Uh, and unless you come out and see it and get on our bandwagon with us, nobody wants to believe us. But it's true. Uh, and Traverse City is going to be a great opportunity for Panda to see what's going on. And uh, hopefully she'll come up for a couple days because I want to be her tour guide up there and just give her one hell of an experience about what northern Michigan and the Great Lakes are all about. And there's no better place to be in Traverse City. Uh, so we'll be talking more about that show and, of course, Panda coming up and all the fun stuff we're going to do. But, uh, yeah, the Great Lakes, man, summertime, uh, the, the Memorial Day being the portal for all of us, of course, uh, for our summer loving here in the United States. Uh, end of the diet season. Sorry, guys, for those of you who didn't get on that early enough. 
You better start next year because there's no helping you now. Uh, and certainly, it's the start of a season for us in the strongman community. Um, I kind of thought about this the other day when I was thinking about the rankings because rankings kind of are seasonal to some degree. Well, in strongman anymore, there's not a lot of season, right? It used to be that way because half of the United States didn't really compete for four or five months in the wintertime. There were very few competitions to begin with. But now I guess you can argue it's everywhere all the time, year-round. There's a little break on the holidays, but that's about it. So really, what is the beginning of our season? In Strongman, what would we look at the, when, how would we look at the calendar and determine what is the beginning of the Strongman season, since there really is no defined beginning or end? And kind of important for rankings to some degree. I mean, you kind of look at it fresh, right? You can't – I get past you, – you would, you would probably rank the first rankings of any of these groups. So we'll talk about rankings first here. You would probably rank these groups, men and women, and all their weight classes based off of past performances in the very first ranking. Kind of don't have a choice. It's got to start like that. That's not very difficult to do. I found out the other day for, through my friend Darren, of course, uh, World Strongest Opinions, there's 15,000 strong men and strong women competitors in the United States at any given time. I, I don't know. M maybe some are phasing out, some are phasing in. I don't, novice, whatever, right? But at 15,000, I guess, is the number. Now, I know a lot of you are going to go, well, that's maybe Strongman Corp and USS combined. No, I guarantee you there's more guys than that because you guys got to remember there are more competitors because a lot of these shows out there that you don't even know about aren't even sanctioned that just draw on a lot of people. So we'll count that group as well, people who love our sport, and maybe not even people who compete, but people then, of course, who just train Strongman and haven't quite jumped into the water yet. So 15,000. I thought that was a high number, but I have no reason not to believe this guy. Good source, right, Darren? Good source. But are we really going to rank 15,000 people? No, we're not. We're only going to rank the top 10 in each class. So that's not very difficult to do. I'll get back to that in a minute. So where does the season start? So if we start these new rankings, we're ranking these people in past performances to start, let's say in the last 18 months. Well, where does the season start for us to start looking at it this year? Well, we're kind of having this conversation at the perfect time. Because I would say the strongman season starts right after the world's strongest man. That is the crescendo of the season, right? I get it. It's one weight class open guys and at the top level of the sport. But that's great. That's a fitting way to end our season. I think the world's strongest man would be that, that date on the calendar. The end of one season, the very next day is the beginning of the next. And uh, it's good for us now being in this time of year because now we see some of these bigger shows starting to appear on the calendar. Well, hell, just next week. We got USS Nationals. So we would argue USS Nationals then is the very first big show of the year. And it's big because it's going to help us decide these top 10, right? If you win USS Nationals in your class, I, I got to argue you're going to be in the top 10. Unless you just got some stacked class, maybe like the U64 class, that just doesn't quite allow you to break through yet. But I would argue that you probably are in the conversation to be breaking through into the top 10. By winning nationals, you're on the scene. So we can start with nationals. Right after nationals, of course, or very close to it, we're going to be in Colorado for the U64 PSL event, uh, which, again, is always one of those you know, pinnacle-type events that showcase the best athletes in every class. That's the U64. Uh, so, yeah, there, as we get going here, we're starting to see these shows come out, regionals, Strongman Corp., uh, a lot of bigger summer events, of course. I would include Great Lakes at the end of the summer as being a big amateur event that we would consider people from that show. Consider, again, I, I, very subjective, I understand that. But we would consider athletes some, for some of these bigger amateur competitions uh, to be a part of that conversation. But outside of that, it's pretty easy, right? OSG is going to be one for sure. All the PSL events, World Strength Games, Shout out to you, Ralph. You're doing a lot of good stuff there. We're going to talk about that in a minute. You can argue even that show now uh, because of what he's doing there. You can argue uh, the Strongman Corp Regionals and, of course, USS Nationals. Maybe the Beerstone, maybe the Rainier, uh, if, it's, if both are still around. Maybe the Beerstone's not. But you get what I'm saying. There's some really big shows out there, amateur events, that uh, would qualify us to use in these Strongman rankings. So the beginning of the new season is right now. It's right after World's Strongest Man. We haven't had any real big competition yet. And uh, I, can, I think you can argue that's the crescendo of the year for everybody. Whether you're able to compete in that, qualify, or are in that class, it doesn't matter. It's the top of the food chain when it comes to our sport. That's how our sport has started. It evolved from the World's Strongest Man down. 
Uh, and that's where we're at right now because we're talking about all these classes. So uh, kicking off our rankings, so I'll move right into that. Our rankings then are going to be the top 10 of every class in North America. So that being, of course, uh, uh, Canada, United States, Mexico, Puerto Rico, right? If we get strongman competitors from those areas that qualify, of course, but they will be considered. Um, but not the rest of the world. And I've heard some people say, why not? Well, listen, guys, it's a huge undertaking as it is to be familiar with everybody just in our own backyard. To even try to do that overseas right now would be a futile task. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not suggesting we can't get to it at some point because there are some people qualified like Luke Davies would be the first guy I would have on this AP poll list, right, to help lend his knowledge to building these world rankings um we're just not there yet we got to figure out this american north american stuff first and i'm sure the europeans kind of do the same thing over there to some degree I'm, if there's not some guy over there doing this right now get on it because it's important right because i want to see that list as well uh but it's not going to be difficult Fifteen thousand people let's say although i still think that's a little high of a number that are competitive in the united states and strongman or almost competitive we're not ranking fifteen thousand. we're ranking 10 and it's fairly easy to see who those 10 are i, I would say in every class, we can see the top five immediately, or top three anyhow, and then argue the next seven that are very, very close. And then, of course, like I said last week, the difference between five and 15, that's where the subjective nature of it comes in. It's, it would be, it's a great conversation. It's great, uh, it's great fodder for our sport, right? We're going to be able to talk about this now, move those rankings around, and we'll tighten things up a little bit too. So the first rankings are going to be 18 months previous kind of competitions. You're your previous results and the things that you've done in competition and world records and things of that nature. Uh, but as we move forward, these other competitions now throughout 2023 are going to influence the new rankings that are going to come out every month. Uh, so where do we start? Well, we, we start with maybe OSG from last year and some of the bigger shows like clash uh, nationals, of course, um, boy, I, I know, right. There's not a lot of, there's not a ton to choose from, uh, but there are some bigger amateur shows, uh, Canadian Nationals, some of the Canadian Pro Shows, um, of course, uh, you know, Strongman. I just mentioned that Strongman Corp, USS Nationals, uh, America's Strongest Man, America's Strongest Woman. Uh, you know, because we have different classes in that now. So yeah, we've got enough information out there to put together or compile a pretty accurate, a pretty accurate top ten list, um, and uh, we're going to do that. So I talked to a lot of the people after the show that I thought would lend their insight and their uh, knowledge to this list, and they all agreed they're on board. We're going to reach out to a few more, thanks to you guys, and sharing some stuff with me about who may qual be qualified, because I don't think any one of us is 100% qualified. I know regions pretty damn well. Uh, I'm not really familiar with the West Coast, so we've reached out to a couple people out there that are going to lend to that demographic a little more, so we can have this collective of people that are going to be from around the United States, Canada, and then anywhere else that fits into our North American uh, ranking system. So, But, yeah, that's kind of the way that's going to be laid out, and that's kind of how we're going to do it. So each month moving forward, we will uh, adjust the rankings if need be. I can tell you, for instance, if there was a world ranking, let's say, and we already know who would be on top of that U64 list, without a doubt, we would all vote on it. That would be Rhea Lovelace. We know this. She's the number one ranked U64 in the world, um, you know, through all of her years of competing. Uh, she's bit, she'd be on top of the food chain forever, arguably number one for the last three or four years. Um, it would be difficult to knock off number one, right? You're, you're not going to, again, if Alabama doesn't play for a week and somebody does really well despite the fact they're not playing, uh, they don't just jump Alabama. There's going to have to be reasons these people fall off this initial list. Even if we get a lot of feedback from you guys out there that say, oh, fuck all, this person should be there, that person should be there, this person shouldn't be in this spot, that person shouldn't be here. Listen, I get it. It's going to be super subjective, the first list, within reason. It's going to be – I think it's going to be pretty good, honestly. But it's going to be – there's going to be a subjective nature to it. So bear with this ranking system. It's going to take at least three or four months to kind of work the people that deserve to be there to be there. It really is because we have to get some – new new feedback right some new result to make sure that their placings are correct and or if they need to be moved around listen it's no different than any preseason ranking that comes out for college basketball or college football how often do you get a ranking system 
And in the first three weeks, that shit doesn't change like five times. And before you get kind of a solid top 10 locked in, this is going to be no different, but that's what's going to make it fun as well because you guys are going to get involved in the, the argument over this. And listen, that argument's going to resonate with some of us. If, if you guys are pushing a name really hard and I, I haven't seen it or any of the other people that will be a part of this AP poll, yeah, I'm going to take a look. Uh, so the louder your voices are, that's going to be bold well for the people that maybe deserve a special look at being in this rank ranking top 10 or being moved up higher in the rankings based off of some of the accolades that they're doing or some of the performances they're putting together. So remember, you guys are just as big a part of this ranking system as anybody that's going to be participating in it to come up with these rankings for all these strong men and strong women classes. Very important. Your comments and feedback. You call me an asshole if you want. You can say that was a great move. You can say, Joe, you don't, you're full of shit. You have no clue. That's fine because we want that kind of feedback because if there's somebody we're missing out there or maybe the right lens isn't being put on it, uh, of course, that's what we want. We want this to kind of resonate out loud with the entire community and then break its barriers, right? We want it to go into the into the uh, spectating community as well uh and that's why we're doing this because we know in any legitimate sport there's some way to identify your top tier of athlete and we've already determined a large uh, a, a large collective of us out there including all you guys don't like this pro system in strongman so let's do something about it let's make a great ranking system that is constantly being updated at least monthly uh that resonates in true time with who is on top of this sport and who deserves to be mentioned. So, yeah, ranking system. So we're putting a lot of thought into that. There's about five or six of us right now that are going to enter, not enter, we're going we're gonna to submit our U64 ranking um, prior to PSL because we want to use that as a beta test to move forward by as we rank all these other classes. Um, and uh, once we kind of get them all done, sit back for a minute, let these shows play out, adjust them monthly, and hopefully by this time next year, when we're looking at the year-end rankings, we can all look at that list and go, and I mean all of us, those who put it together and those who look at it, uh, say, yeah, that's pretty damn close. We can, we can live with that. Uh, so that's really the end game here every year to get to that point that we've done a good enough job in, in looking at these competitions, looking at these athletes, and see who's deservant of these, this top ten. And then ultimately, as I mentioned last week, I would love to see something evolve out of that. I would love to see a show, a ranking show, a, like a, almost like a tour championship thing like they do in the PGA, something, right? Something that uh, says, hey, great job, top 10. Now we're putting you all in one big show. We'll do something great for them, get some great sponsors on board, get a great promoter on board to put that together for us. Uh, and then ultimately, I'd like to see that happen with these rankings. Somehow, some way, uh, give these athletes the recognition they deserve for being on this list. Uh, and I think we can make it happen. I think a lot of people out there uh, really thought that was a great idea and uh, want to kind of see how this evolves and, and we'll champion it on. So, so we'll see. Um, let me have a drink of water here. I'm drying out. Oh, you know, Highland Games. No, let's not get on the Highland Games yet. I want to talk about something really quick because this will just take two seconds. It was announced that uh, the uh, U90 Classic is going to have, um, which is coming up uh, end of July, as you guys know, out there in Lytham St. Anne, Luke Davies' Chaos Strength Promotion show, which is going to be on ADL Live. So there's a little promo there for this show, and you guys all should want to, uh, you should all want to log into that. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, I will say it till I'm blue in the face. If you miss this show on pay-per-view, uh, you're not doing your strongman fan self any justice because this is going to be one fuck of a show uh maybe one of the craziest competitions we've seen ever in any class with the type of talent that's going to be there 30 guys deep but luke's also got some record breakers going on there and there's a few of them actually he's working on a couple others right now but the one that was most recently introduced uh is of course the world strongman deadlift record for women uh, and this is fun because once again we're going to put a power lifter Versus a strongman, much like John Hack, of course, and uh, Tamara Wilcott did the Arnold. John Hack's doing the U90. Uh, Sarah, Sh uh, uh, excuse me, Sarah, it's a tongue twister. Sarah Schiff, uh, as many of you know out there in the strength community, uh, is the world record holder in deadlift at 637.2 pounds. I think that's that was last year. I don't think it's been broke since. But Sarah is uh, the biggest deadlifter in the world in the powerlifting side of things. 
and uh, she is going to be competing against Victoria Long, who, as we know, is the current world record holder on the strongman side of things at 652 pounds. Uh, they're going to go head-to-head to break the deadlift record for strong women, uh, which would be arguably then the heaviest deadlift ever performed um, outside of, I get it, so the disparity, right, guys? I'll call it out, elephant in the room. Some of you guys are out saying, oh, fuck all. It's not a real deadlift. It's a strongman deadlift. It's not being billed as a, a powerlifting deadlift. It's a strongman world record, of course. We know this exists in, in, in with Thor and with all these other classes, of course. Ben Donnan, I think, currently. or uh, No, it's not Ben Donnan. Uh, shit, who was it? I got it wrong. Anyhow, they do change, but there's some strong motherfuckers out there pulling strongman deadlifting right now, and uh, Victoria Long owns our deadlift. But if you could, listen, you could argue that that Victoria Long deadlift could have had three judges around it just like powerlifting, and that would have been three white lights. But that's not what we're doing here. Uh, strongman deadlift allows you to use straps, and it allows you to hitch. Uh, although Sarah has not competed in strongman deadlifting prior, I'm sure she's maybe challenging herself to use straps a little bit more efficiently and probably figuring out that hitch in case she needs it. Uh, Victoria, uh, same for sure. Listen, I think we all are anticipating a 700-pound pull here. As crazy as that sounds, we are anticipating a 700-pound deadlift uh, coming from the women's side of the sport. Uh, and I, I don't see why we're not going to get it. If you remember where that deadlift was placed at the Arnold, that Victoria broke the record, uh, I, would, I think, what was it, third or fourth? Um, yeah, imagine if she did that first, fresh, uh, just coming off a warm-up and pulling, and I'm guaranteed she'd have been close to 700 pounds. So Sarah Schiff, of course, is another amazing deadlifter who no doubt is probably thinking the same thing. Hey, give me strongman rules. I'll pull 700. So uh, Sarah Schiff, Victoria Long, going at it at the U90 Classic, Litham, Litham St. Anne on England at the end of July, going for the strongest deadlift in the world on the strongman side of things, uh, and we may see 700 pounds, which is freaking nuts. I can't even believe we're even talking about that. Uh, but, but they're both very capable. And for those of you out there who uh, are wondering why Lucy Underton, Underton, see, God damn it, I should have wrote it down. I always get her name wrong too. Uh, she is not doing it. However, for those of you that are big fans of her, which I am, uh, she was reached out to. As far as I know, she was reached out to, and she never uh, accepted the invitation. So that is why she is not there participating with these women, and she, she would arguably be one that should be there. She pulls well over 600 pounds uh, and could easily go after that record if she wanted as well. And I think we'll probably see Lucy in uh, attempting to do that in, in, in the future and start having conversations about it because she's certainly not done with strength sports and competing. It's just been a while since I've kind of heard her name uh, more recently. But she was invited to come out to Lytham St. Anne to do this uh, with Sarah and with Victoria. Uh, but she has either declined or not responded yet at this point. So we're going with Sarah and Victoria, uh, two amazing deadlifters uh, that are going to attempt something that none of us thought possible. I would uh, argue that any of us thought that we would ever see uh, the women's side of things pulling over 700 pounds of deadlift. For those of you guys out there, like myself, who are just going, motherfucker. Because, you know, I'm, that's about, I mean, I wouldn't even say anything right now. That's my max. That's, like, not even my max. Or that's above my max, for God's sake. Oh, Lord. God, we got to get stronger, guys. What the hell's going on? These women are just taking over the world right now. But I love it. Uh, Kaylee Steele, U64. Uh, she's from Great Britain. She's going for the Axel record, by the way. That's another one. I think that's going on this weekend or, or, or somewhere in the over there. Uh, Chaos Strength Promotions is putting it on. Just to put that in perspective for you guys, uh, U64s are 140 pounds roughly, and uh, they're fairly petite women, if you can imagine, right? Five foot, five foot one, five foot two, shorter than that. Kira Rickson, shit, she might only be 4'11". Uh, 101 kilogram, uh, which is what, 220, 230 pounds roughly? That's a pretty impressive overhead press for a, a woman who weighs 140 pounds or less. Uh, so she's going to attempt to break that record. I got a feeling that record's going to fall a bunch of times this year there are a lot of women out there in the u64 in particular that are getting some fucking awesome presses going on um and it's a lot of fun to watch there's a lot of records that are going to drop we know Rhea's going after a few of them she's going after a big deadlift record at at uh at uh the uh the, the uh, static monsters which is a week after the saint litham show 
So Rhea's got that on her list. I think she's got the Stone record on her list. Kaylee's got this uh, Axel record. Uh, girls like Holly McRae are, are doing some crazy shit right now as well up there in Canada. She's one that's going for the Circus Dumbbell record here at the end of the summer at Ohio's Strongest. So there's a lot of cool records that are going to drop this year. Um, stuff that's been around a bit uh, and things that kind of is constantly changing hands. But we'll eventually get to that point, much like we did the 300-pound log, <laughs> where it's going to be a brick wall for a lot of uh, people to get above that, a lot of women to get above that, and men have their same records that they're kind of hitting this threshold with right now that it may be a year or two before we see some of these other records drop. But in the meantime, we have a lot in this particular class uh, that's going to be fun to watch. So um, speaking of U64, which I did for a minute there, didn't I? Um, U64 PSL show, that's Pro Strongman League, is going to be in Denver, Colorado, June 17th. That is going to be the biggest show for us here currently to rank these u64s outside of our initial list because we have a lot of uh, north american competitors in that list uh, that are going to compete um, there's a slew of them the first one that i see that comes to mind of course is holly mccray listen holly mccray arguably right now on my north american u64 rankings list would, would probably be number one or number two with her and kira wixon I think all of us that are going to vote on this list or turn in our initial 64 rankings uh, would probably have Holly one or two. Uh, I would have her one. Uh, she Listen, she's third at OSG, two-time Canadian national champion. She won the Arnold, uh, Arnold Amateur a year ago. Um, there is uh, not a bigger resume than her right now uh, on the North American side of things. Uh, however, you can argue there's some really stiff competition. Kira Rickson would probably be one of those. But Kira's not going to be in this show. So by example, in our U64 rankings, if Holly has the kind of performance here that I think she's going to have, because by the way, she's training her fucking ass off right now. She's on a mission, um, I think in large part because she got stiff by Rogue. So she's going to set a, uh, well, she's going to show people what she's all about this year, I have no doubt. Um, so by default, if Holly does really well at the show, which, again, I can look at the show. Kate Conley's going to be there. Taylor Wood's going to be there. Uh, Kate took fourth at OSG. So it's going to be a close competition. Listen, this is the who's who of the U64s at this PSL show. Uh, many of them, of course. Uh, so it's no walk in the park. Uh, Rhea's your odds-on odds favorite, I'm sure. Um, and, and that would be my prediction, of course, as everybody else's. That's an easy dart to throw. Uh, Holly, for me, would be second or third. Uh, podium, anyhow. Uh, Kate Conley would be there. Taylor Wood probably would be there. You know, I like I like these sneaky picks coming in. Uh, I like uh, Carly Oliveira a little bit. Listen, she just took third or fourth at Carly. I got it wrong again, didn't I? She took fourth at the Clash show, competing much lighter than these other competitors in the eighty-two show at Clash, uh, competing at about seventy kgs or so. Uh, so she is one that wouldn't surprise me a lick coming into the show as a U sixty-four and doing very very well at it. And there's others as well. Um, but yeah, so Holly McRae would be arguably if she finishes show in second uh, or third place depending on who finishes before her uh, she would be my odds on favorite to be ranked number one in north america uh, so that's kind of how we're determining this right we'll get this pre-list down and we'll go into that so the psl show to me is going to be that first show of the year that has a very good chance of changing those u64 rankings a little bit or at least adjusting them accordingly because uh, again we have to tighten that up over the first few months uh, so we're going to see that there at the u64 again adl show you're going to hear me say Don ADL a lot because uh, I want you guys to get on these live streams as much as possible to witness these shows in large part because we want you to be a part of these rankings. We want you to give us your feedback, and uh, we need to get our eyes on these athletes to truly, truly uh, give them the rankings that they deserve because effort is everything. Sometimes the result isn't in the scorecard. Sometimes the result is through what we see in, in performance out there because as we know in Strongman, if you do one little fuck up, you may not even find yourself on the podium. And it's not because you weren't the best person there. Just that particular day, you didn't get the job done. These rankings will shed light on that as well. So it's important that we all keep our eyes on these shows. Those of us that want to participate to lend some feedback to this. And of course, any one of us that has anything to do with making these rankings need to make sure that our eyes are always on the show or at least the recording of it, which, oh, by the way, you can go to ADL Live and you can watch any of these shows after they've been recorded live. So we don't have any reason to get our eyes on them. 
or any of these other shows for for that matter that have some type of live stream involved with them so uh guys this is why we're doing the rankings because we want everybody's eyes involved on what we're ranking who we're ranking and why we're ranking them and your feedback is going to be very important to us so the u64 show psl that's going to be a cool one uh shout out to the world strength games by the way um shout out to you ralph i see you ralph i see you i see what you're doing uh i gave him a little help for the pro card thing last week i don't take that back i gave everybody help for that two weeks ago uh including uss killing strongman corp and anybody else giving out a pro card that's to no knock on the organizations and the, what they're doing for the sport of strongman that's just simply because a lot of us don't like the pro card including me but ralph i will tell you this uh you're impressing the shit out of me right now with what you're doing for the world strength games you're spot on on your marketing and advertising, which I love. It's getting me fired up because I'm more curious about what you got going on down there in Orlando, the 15th, 16th, and 17th in September. Uh, you brought on Mitch Hooper. Kudos. That's a great move. We all love Mitch Hooper. He's going to be a big part of this event down there. He did a few things on IG that I was listening to today that I was like, oh, fuck, that's cool as hell. Uh, so I really dig that. He's bringing in names to represent in this sport which is another reason why we all love this sport and participating in watching is because our sport uh, champions on their champions, both in the past and in present. And we love that because we get to see them at all these great events and all these promoters try to get these people involved to lend to the spectacle, which is that promotion. Uh, and Ralph, you're doing that at World Strength Games. So kudos to you. I appreciate that. And this is also tied into, and I didn't know this until today, uh, Magnus for Magnus and Adaptive Strength World Championships. I mean, just another reason to love this show is because of that adaptive strength world championships. And Magnus has always been a part of that. Um, and I love seeing these guys and gals out there that have been given some type of, uh, you know, some type of, uh, you know, uh, handicap's not the right word to use. I know, guys, right? Because you, you deal with it better than anybody. But are dealing with a set of circumstances that doesn't allow them to maybe have everything that some of you guys have to compete. Uh, and they're still getting the fucking job done. And I love that. I really love that. And uh, that's something that I appreciate in all these lifting sports, including bodybuilding, as you guys know. And when I saw that at the Arnold, uh, this is just the same to me. I, this fucking shit, if it doesn't motivate you to fucking, first off, love life and love what you got and appreciate it, no matter where you're at in the food chain when it comes to these sports, for one, but doesn't motivate you to get better, fuck, I don't know what does. So the Magnus for Magnuson, adapt, shit, that's a tongue twister, Adaptive Strength World Championships is going to be down there with those World Strength Games in uh, Orlando, Florida, September 15th, 16th, 70th, 17th. Uh, that's, of course, at Ralph Avalon uh, Productions. I can't remember what it is now. But in any case, uh, kudos to you, Ralph. I see you. You're doing a good job down there. Uh, you did a good job with Ragnarok, as far as I know. And uh, I have no reason to doubt that this World Strength Games is going to keep lending to your productions and your promotions. That, of course, is going to lend to our sport, shed some light on a lot of great athletes, and give a lot of our athletes another great competition to compete at, which is where my heart is always at. Uh, so, uh, yeah, World Strength Games, shout out to you guys. Um, oh, um, this is one I didn't want to forget. Wrote down his name, too. Emmanuel Piscari. You guys know Emmanuel. I did an interview with him. He's from Austria. Um, I did... I think it's Austria. Fuck, I might have fucked that up, Emmanuel. Sorry. I believe it is. Um, he is getting ready to attempt the 105 World Stone record, Atlas Stone record. Uh, I think it's 52 inches. I'm, I'm not mistaken. It's 52 inches or 54. Anyhow, that current world record sits at 501 pounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adam, Adam Dirks, I know, is a co-holder of that record. I can't remember who the other guy was now. Uh, which was broken a couple years ago at a clash event, I think, in Florida. Uh, the couple guys went 500, or that 227 mark. Emmanuel just uh, loaded twice the other day, a 200-kilogram stone. Uh, so he's 27 kilos off, and, boy, he made it look easy, guys, easy. Uh, I have no doubt he's going to get the job done. He's a walking mound of muscle. <laughs> Some have said, why doesn't Emmanuel drop to the new 90 class? It's because he can't. The fucking guy is built like a brick shit house. He doesn't have any fat on him to lose. He's a pressing powerhouse, currently holds the 105 world record in pressing. Uh, he, he's equally as good in deadlifting. The guy is a European world champion uh, in the 105 class, and he's going to be a name that we're going to be mentioning for years and years to come because uh, he's that guy and he gets it done. And he's short in stature. I think he's like five foot seven. 
Uh, so imagine the kind of muscle this guy's holding to do the type of feats of strength that he's doing. And this stone being probably the biggest obstacle of all for him, uh, I believe, and I'll put my money behind him, I think he's going to shatter this record. Um, it's largely because his arms are so short. This stone's got to be a 22-inch stone, right, guys? It can't be a 21. I guess it could be. I've heard of big, bigger stones getting heavier because they're using different cores in them. But it's got to be all 22 inches. And for him to get his arms around that stone is probably harder than it is to pick the fucking stone up uh, as far as the weight goes. So, Emmanuel, shout out to you, bro. I saw those two reps you did uh, on that 200 kg stone. Uh, yeah, get ready for that world uh, record stone to fall in the 105 class. Uh, Manuel Piscari uh, is the guy that's going to do it. Uh, and, again, uh, fuck it, it, it. That might be one of the bigger accomplishments with a guy of his stature, right, being able to get around a big stone like that to get that job done. So, Emmanuel, uh, good luck. Uh, I got to reach out to you and find out when you're going to try to break that. I thought, well, maybe you said it in your post. So if you guys don't know, go to Emmanuel Piscari, uh Instagram. He's got that on, on his uh, Instagram feed, and I think he's got the date on there as well that he's going to break that. I know it's coming up pretty quick. Strongman, strongman, strongman. Oh, uh, not strongman. Oh, sort of strongman. Nadia Stowers. You guys see this? Nadia Stowers is going to get into bodybuilding. Yeah, she's doing it uh, maybe just one show. I think kind of her comments in her post was like she's doing it for her, uh, doing it to do something different, to have some fun, to say that she can do it. Uh, I don't think we have any doubt, Nadia, that you can't do it. I mean, fuck, you're a brick shithouse. You're, you're, you know, I hate that analogy, right? Brick shithouse, it sounds terrible, but you're built like a bodybuilder. Everybody knows it. Anytime we walk around Nadia, uh, she's, she's just muscular. That girl holds a ton of muscle, um, and uh, she looks great. Listen, she looks fantastic. Many strong men or strong women and powerlifting men and women are custom made to be bodybuilders. They get that real deep, dense muscle. Uh, and it's, uh, it's very apparent on Nadia. Very deep, dense muscle, great lines. Uh, it's, it's a great package she's putting together. And I say putting together, fuck, she's built it in the last four or five years doing strong woman. And she's remained relatively lean. She was doing, doing kind of a, a posing routine that uh she's kind of getting ready i guess she mentioned she was kind of getting familiar with posing and getting sort of the getting sort of the butterflies out a little bit and posing in front of people uh but she looked fantastic uh, i can't wait to see her when she's at her leanest uh it's going to blow some doors off people that's for sure i didn't see what show she was going to do and maybe she hasn't announced that yet but i hope it's a big one because i think she's capable of being in that conversation with the kind of muscle that she's carrying you know historically strong men and strong women haven't done well in bodybuilding um, because of their midsection, right? Because it gets so big and thick. We have these massive cores that we require in our sport to have any success at our sport. Uh, anybody would argue that. I, it's not make, I'm making a comment that's not subjective at all. It, it's absolutely 100% true. So some strong men and strong women, when they've tried to cross over to bodybuilding, uh, it's been a bit of a dilemma for them in the way judging works because they can't cinch that waist in very well. I will say this, Nadia, you look great. Uh, I don't think you're going to have that issue at all. Mind you, she carries a ton of muscle in her midsection, but once she once she starts whittling that down a little bit, I think with her thighs and the size of her shoulders, God, she's bringing an incredible X frame into it. Uh, she's gonna be, <laughs> Nadia, we might lose you to bodybuilding. Honestly, you look fantastic. I can't wait to see the show, and I can't wait to see your progression as you get closer to it. Uh, so shout-out to Nadia Stowers and uh, bodybuilding. Uh, hey, one of ours is going to take on one of theirs. I know who I'm rooting for. Anyhow, uh, congrats, Nadia. That's awesome. And that kind of brings me up to this because one of you guys asked, hey, what was the bodybuilding question? Because I know some of you strongmen out there are, a bit, uh, are still bodybuilding fans, just like myself. I love bodybuilding. I have a love-hate relationship with it, as you guys know. Uh, but Mike O'Hearn, he's always in the news, isn't he, anymore? Guy's like 54 years old. And every day I see something about asking whether or not Mike O'Hearn is natural. Because, you know, these guys nowadays, it's kind of like their shtick, their detective work to blow the whistle on these guys that claim they're natural and they're not natural. Um, Mike O'Hearn's been on that list forever. He's on that hit list. He's never going to give it up, guys. Uh, what's my opinion on it? That was the question. Uh, I got a short opinion on it. He's not fucking natural, I'll tell you that. Um, there's not a chance he's natural. But... He's just he's saying the right things because this he's probably on TRT like the rest of you fuckers out there and saying he's not and he's natural. So that's number one. He's probably on TRT uh, and I'm natural, right? Like all you other fuckers say out there. And also, he's probably on SARMs and peptides and shit. So you can argue whether that's even natural or not. Right. So I'm calling bullshit on him right now. But who gives a fuck? 
Who cares? Do we really live in a day and age like it really matters? I get it. Just the sake of him saying it because he should, because it's ethically correct that he needs to just announce to the world what the fuck he's doing. No, he doesn't. It's nobody's business. Who gives a shit? Although I'm sure some of you guys out there just want to point a finger and go, aha, I knew it. Well, fuck, why don't you just admit it right now to yourselves that he's on the shit and move on with life because he looks fantastic. And if any one of you fuckers out there that are 50-plus years old or when you're 50-plus years old and you look as good as Michael Hearn does, oh, fuck you. Yeah, right. You're going to be doing all the shit you can to stay looking that good. Uh, that guy is uh, amazing. His physique is, again, top of the world at 50. Mind you, a little too much plastic surgery in the face. I agree with you there, but the guy is like a fucking model, too. I mean, he's got to keep his shit up, right? So, in any case, I love Michael Hearn. I think he's great. He's been around forever, uh, and I like the fact that he's keeping his mouth shut because none of you guys need to know what his shit's, <laughs> know his business anyhow. So, uh, good job, Michael Hearn. I'm still rooting you on, even though I know you're not natural. That's okay with me, uh, but I'll never tell. Don't worry. So, you guys know um, Michael Hearn. I'm going to cross off some of this stuff because i got my one sheet of paper. Ah, what, what, what? Um, so I um, I talked a lot. Let's do this segment in the Highland Games. Let's just cut it here. Segment Highland Games. Ready? So you guys hold on. I may even post this separately because I think it's worth mentioning. So I got a lot of awesome feedback about the Highland Games stuff, and uh, you guys uh, uh, love it. Even those of you who aren't doing it are saying, "Man, I I really got to do this. That, that looks like it's a lot of fun. I just don't know a lot about it." And I get it. The resources for Highland Games is not where it needs to be yet. It's going to get there because largely the implements aren't now you can buy them. Some guys make them. If you know a guy that does some welding and fab work, he can make you the, the weight over bar. It's 56 pounds, by the way. It's a chunk of steel with a chain and a handle on it, much like the Denny stones. Um, you can find this stuff online. You can figure out how to make this stuff online. If you, if you're one of those guys that can fab stuff, Otherwise, yeah, it's it's tough. Or you're trying to spend a fortune on getting somebody to do it for you because steel's not cheap. I've looked into it. I know. It's expensive. Or making like a heavy hammer to throw or a light hammer, uh, you know, finding that perfect piece of lead or that round piece of steel that you you can insert like a bamboo rod or a piece of PVC through. Uh, again, you have to find somebody that knows how to make this shit to make it well enough that you can use it, beat it up, and, and uh, you know, not have to keep rebuying it or keep remaking it. Uh, so the resources aren't quite there for a lot of us to compete yet. However, if you get on like uh, North American Highland Games or NASGA, uh, it's a website. Generally, you can find groups, and there's chat rooms there that can find groups around all you guys that somewhere are throwing in some park or some baseball field, and they're probably not too far from you. That's the first place I'd tell you to look. Then, of course, I'd look at these Facebook groups for Highland Games, start talking and chatting with some of these people on there. They're going to help you out too, just like they helped me out over a year ago to find the right people around me to get more involved in the sport. Problem is, even around me, they're still an hour and a half, two hours away to go train on any given Sunday, which isn't the easiest thing to do. So going back to the implements and trying to find those implements, um, yeah, not easy. So you kind of have to make shift it a little bit. The stuff you do in the gym needs to kind of uh, uh, sort of emulate this movements a little bit differently in how you train. I mean, using kettlebell more maybe for the one arm swinging of the weight over bar, which you should train that way anyhow. Maybe doing some of that uh, mace work for kind of, uh, you know, I'm talking about mace work. Tyler Young does a ton of it right now. By the way, you look fantastic, Tyler. Um, the mace work is going to help you a lot with the heavy hammer. Uh, it's going to even help you out a little bit with mobility for throwing weight, you know, a weight for distance which is a 28-pound weight and a 56-pound weight, by the way, on a chain, again, very similar to the weight over bar. Um, and the for that, of course, which is spinning movement, uh, which is very similar to maybe how college throwers do it in shot put and discus. However, you can get on YouTube, and there's a lot of different ways you can get involved in this with different types of form. So the resources, 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 that's the hardest thing about Highland Games because it's not a very visible sport for a lot of people. And there's not a lot of people that train it, and there's not a lot of people that are sharing their information because many people don't even know they do it. So with that said, providing, with that said, hold on now, that the sport has been around for 2,000 fucking years, there's just not a lot of people that have the resources or have a lot of information or know where to find it. So those things that I just mentioned to you are a good place to start. Just Google it, right? Get on YouTube and search it. You're going to find a lot of great information. And then to find the athletes and groups around you, go to these groups on Facebook 
in these other areas to, and, and Instagram and stuff, search Highland Games, talk to people that you see wearing a kilt, ask them more about it. They're going to put you in the right direction. Um, but the implements are the most difficult thing to get a hold of, and they're tough to make, and they're expensive. But if you can get your hand on a few of these things, um, you're going to do just fine. Trust me, you're going to do just fine. And that's the reluctancy of a lot of guys that and gals that want to get into Highland Games is they just are afraid because they haven't really had the time in uh, and got the knowledge or the resources or the work with the implements to do it. Uh, what I say to all you guys is, fuck all. Get out there and do it. Find a Highland Games that allows novice competitors to come into it, find out who's promoting it, and, saying, and asking them, where do I find the group that's training for it? Train one time and then go to the show. Trust me, you'll get more knowledge out of that first show doing it with no experience than you will trying to fuck around getting ready to do a show and gaining experience prior to going there. Does that make sense? Do a show. That's your best opportunity to learn how to do the sport. These guys and gals that do Highland Games are amazing people. They love their sport so much. They embrace talent as much as they embrace those of us who aren't any good at it. Uh, they want to see you succeed because much like strongman and powerlifting, it's not a sport of competition as much as it's a sport about bettering your own performance. Uh, yeah, you'll have those one-off moments where you'll throw something a few feet further than you did. But ultimately, when you get there, there's these plateaus that are really tough to overcome. So you're generally just competing against yourself anyhow. Um, you know, hitting numbers that eventually you know you want to hit and you do. Uh, and then watching other guys and how they perform to get to these numbers are going to motivate you to work on your form technique and have conversations with them that are going to help you out that you otherwise wouldn't get if all you were doing watching videos and training on your own. So get in front of these Highland Games uh, guys and gals out there, and they're going to give you the best when it comes to uh, the knowledge and know-how to do this sport and jump right into it. Don't even wait. Uh, you're going to look funny doing it first time, no doubt about it. Uh, fuck, I still can't even turn a caber in competition. I could do it in practice, can't do it in competition. Um, you know, there are things that I was good at it right off the bat. Uh, the sheaf for me was an easy, an easy thing to do. I could power that. Didn't require a lot of form for me. Although guys would say I'd be much better if I had the form. I get that, but I still was competitive. Weight over bar for me, uh, I was pretty competitive at that without little to no form and only getting better. So you're going to find certain movements that are going to be really, really good for you. Uh, that you're just going to really fall in love with the sport over those one or two movements. And you'll realize that, yeah, you just have to get a little bit better at everything else to be competitive. Uh, but once you get there, uh, then it's, of course, a load of fun. I mean, to be competitive and, and to actually win a show or take a podium, uh, yeah, that's going to be a great experience when I finally get there. Uh, I haven't even got there yet because these guys are pretty incredible who you compete against. But don't let that discourage you. It's just like strongmen and powerlifting. Uh, it takes time to get there. Uh, you're not going to be some phenom that comes out of nowhere in your first or second show. Uh, I don't care if you're a college thrower or not or have that type of experience. You might have a one-up on some guys, but these guys that have been throwing for years, uh, yeah, you got a lot of work to do anyhow. So don't worry about how competitive you are. Take that out of the equation when it comes to Highland Games. Just get out there and compete. Because the other thing about Highland Games that is the most fun is the pageantry of it, the history of it, and be a part of these festivals and competitions. Uh, it's, there's nothing like it. Uh, and the camaraderie that's involved is very similar to Strongman. Uh, I say strongman even over powerlifting because we know our sport has much more camaraderie in it than any other sport. Highland Games is no different. These guys lift you up the entire competition. <laughs> they have fun with you. Some of the uh, competitions that are more fun in these, uh, these Scottish, uh, maybe these Scottish games, not Scottish games, but these festivals and things, uh, they're a lot of fun too. Shots of whiskey and a couple beers. Uh, yeah, you're not hurting your competition over something like that, but that's kind of the tradition of it all. Uh, the kilt, of course, and all, everything that goes along with that, what type of kilt you should be wearing uh, as somebody maybe that's got a bloodline in the sport somewhere or that doesn't. Uh, there's fire and military and first responder kilts. Uh, there's the black watch kilt for guys like myself that don't have a Scottish, Scottish bloodline or I'm Irish, so I have an Irish kilt. See, there's all these different layers of this sport that make it great. And, of course, I'm not even doing it justice telling you everything I know, but this is a guy that came off his first year of doing a show in over 10 years, and I was as new as it could get uh, because I really dove into it head first 
and I just appreciate the fuck out of every aspect and every layer of that sport. And as a strength athlete or not, uh, you're going to enjoy it uh, thoroughly, and you're going to challenge yourself in every practice, and you're certainly going to challenge yourself in every competition. Uh, I'll give you an example of how humbling it is. There's a guy in my master's class named Jason Cherry who, over the course of three or four shows that I competed at last year, uh, he would always be the guy that I would be chasing. Now, mind you, I'm 290 pounds, five foot ten. I bench press 500. I, I mean, you know, my numbers obviously aren't going to be that right now. But my point is, I'm a pretty strong motherfucking guy, as many of you strength athletes are out there. Jason is not. No knock on you, Jason. Jason, if you saw him in a parking lot somewhere, he looks like he's 175 pounds soaking wet at five foot ten, an athletic looking guy. To take nothing away from him, but you would think a guy like me in Highland Games would just tear this guy up. Oh, by the way, I don't. He beats me every fucking time. So that is the beauty of this sport, most of all. It is very, very humbling because the technique overrides the strength in the sport by far. Uh, it doesn't hurt to be strong because you can muscle some shit, but ultimately when it comes down to throwing, uh, technique, mobility, and the dynamic nature of it is really what helps you excel. So if anything, what Highland Games does to a normal strength guy like myself is it makes me work on the other intangibles that I probably need that just never put enough time in to get. Uh, that being flexible, uh, being more dynamic, uh, being speedy, you know, being able to move more efficiently. Uh, so at the very least, guys, you will get that out of the sport. But I know you're all going to take away so much, so much more. Uh, so Highland Games, the, uh, that is uh, something I want to keep pushing on this show because uh, we're going to talk about training a little bit more. We're going to have some people on, of course, that are going to share this episode with me, not even necessarily an interview, but just sit down with me so we can have a good general conversation about it. Uh, we're going to talk about some of these implements. Guy asked me on a question, what is a WOB? W-O-B. It's actually an acronym, weight over bar. The bar is like set up like a... Uh, well, it's like a goalpost, right? And it rises six inches at a time or a foot at a time. Then once it gets to a certain point, they rise it six inches at a time. And I believe for records, they'll rise it one inch at a time. Uh, and you have a 56-pound weight. Uh, I think it's on about a three- or four-inch chain with a handle on it that's very similar to a Denny Stone handle, a circular metal handle. Uh, with one arm, uh, it's basically like a kettlebell where you swing it through your legs, extend or triple extend up, release above your head, and over the bar sounds simple enough right uh, listen over a 15 foot throw you're doing pretty fucking good uh it's very difficult to throw a 56 pound weight over a bar but we see it a lot now in our strongman competitions with the bag over bar keg over bar things of that nature so the crossover is very cool as well because nowadays we're seeing a lot of these different types of apparatus that mimic a few things from highland games uh, i don't know how much more we're really going to see outside of that but ultimately you can get into some Highland Games competitions that are crossovers that include strongman events, like these Viking games they have out there. On a lot of different states, I've seen them this year on Iron Podium, where they have three or four Highland Games events with three or four strongman events. Uh, how cool of a show is that? Who doesn't want to do that? Talk about a fun show. And I will say Highland Games isn't as taxing on your body as strongman is. It's just not. Um, you know, certainly is from a stretching standpoint. You might be sore because... You just haven't done the movement like any other sport. But once you get kind of acclimated to the movements and training them, you're walking away from that show, guys, having beers and partying that night. <laughs> Not a lot of us strongmen can say that. Most of us are taking our Motrins and, and Vicodins or whatever the fuck we got to try to get by through the rest of the night without you know being as sore as we are. So uh, Highland Games just offers a different layer to appreciating a strength sport and also the camaraderie that we love in our strength community. And many of these guys have either been a part of strongman, powerlifting, or weight training at some point, and some of them haven't. Uh, but the love for our community is just the same. So I encourage everybody out there, as I will every week this summer, as I find myself getting closer and closer to my competitions and competing myself, to uh, you know really champion on Highland Games, champion on this uh, this cousin of strongman, this this strength sport that uh, needs to get recognized more by our community and beyond. Uh, and uh, it's niche for sure, uh, but these festivals, who doesn't appreciate eating a scotch egg and drinking a beer and having some whiskey? I, I know I do, and I promise you'll find it at every Highland Game show, uh, and then some bagpipes and all the pageantry behind it. Fuck, guys. Honest to God, you guys just have to go to a show and watch it. 
trust me, you'll want to do it. Although they are pretty fucking long. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> These shows last maybe a little bit longer than Strongman. Uh, but they're at festivals generally. The spectators love it. Uh, and you'll be geeked up the whole time. Uh, it's not very taxing, so your body's not going to get beat up over a course of six or seven hours. Uh, but nine events. And uh, we'll go over those every week. Maybe we'll pick a different event to talk about. Maybe stay on this Highland Games uh, conversation a little bit. So anyhow, um, pretty much the show today. Appreciate everybody out there uh, sticking in with me here and uh, hanging on with these shows. And uh, I've been breaking them up in the Gym Life clips, as you know, to give a little bit more uh, easier access to certain certain conversations, of course. I know it's tough even for myself to make it through an entire podcast. It's an hour long sometimes. I listen to it in segments at best or I forget about it and move on to the next show. Uh, but I'll try to do that more because that seems to be something you guys are really enjoying out there are uh, having access to maybe certain conversations. Uh, so in the meantime, if you have anything to add uh, about the rankings, anything to add in respect to comments or questions with any of the stuff that we talked about and or any athletes or anything else going on out there, guys, that you think I should, uh, you know, give mentions on my show, please reach out to me. DM me, comment me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Gym Life Media, um, and or Joe Janiga. That's J-A-N-I-G-A. It's on the screen. If you're on YouTube, you can see it. Uh, Superman's underscore dad. That is my personal account. That's Superman's underscore dad. Uh, feel free to reach out. I'd love to hear what you guys got to say about the show. And uh, stay fit. Uh, stay strong. Stay tuned.